Hello, and welcome to the Chest Journal Podcast, where each month we host a discussion with the authors of important articles from the current issue of the journal, adding context and commentary to the challenges facing clinicians in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce today's topic, here's your host, Dr. Gretchen Winter. On behalf of CHEST, I would like to welcome you to this CHEST Journal podcast. I'm Dr. Gretchen Winter, your CHEST podcast moderator. So thank you all for joining us today for the fifth part in a series of podcasts with Dr. Jamie Stoller, where we're discussing leadership development in line with his series of articles published in CHEST. Today, we're going to be discussing the article, Creating an Organizational Culture for the Chest Physician. Now, Dr. Stoller is a pulmonary and critical care physician and the chairman of the Education Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. He holds the Gene Wald Bennett Professorship of Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine and the Samson Global Leadership Academy Endowed Chair. His pulmonary research regard alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, and he served on the board of directors of the Alpha-1 Foundation. And his interest in leadership and leadership development stems from his pursuit of a master's in organizational development, and he serves as an adjunct professor of organizational behavior at the Weatherhood School of Management of Case Western Reserve University and honorary visiting professor at the Bayes School of Business, City University in London. He also directed the American Thoracic Society's Emerging Leaders Program and directs CHEST Leadership Development Course. His recent book, Better Humans, Better Performance, regards achieving high organizational performance by creating cultures that are anchored in the seven classical virtues. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So jumping back in, this series of articles you wrote, like we mentioned, is about leadership skills. And there are so many different important leadership topics. So why did you decide to focus specifically on creating an organizational culture? Why is that important in healthcare leadership? So thank you for the question, Dr. Winter. Uh, I would say that culture is a major driver of organizational performance. Uh, Peter Drucker, a well-known organizational consultant, uh, has cited the off-quoted statement that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And that really is an articulation of the idea that culture really matters in framing how teams and organizations perform. And since good leadership aims at producing high performance, a discussion of leadership competencies and, and how to lead would, at least in my view, be totally incomplete without a discussion of culture. And so that's the rationale. So I guess before we delve deeper into this topic, we should start by defining what an organizational culture is. So what do you mean when you refer to organizational culture? Well, I think that that in, in the paper in Chest, uh, I cited some of the gurus of organizational development, Edgar Schein, John Cotter, all of whom offer formal definitions of culture. For example, Shines, and I'm quoting from him, uh, definition of culture, a pattern of shared basic assumptions that was learned by a group as it solved problems of external adaptation and internal integration that has worked well enough to be considered valid and therefore to be taught to new members as the correct way to perceive, think, and feel in relation to problems. Leaving the sort of academic platform of definitions of culture, culture really at the end of the day is how things are done around here. It's what people talk about with 
with new colleagues or new employees in an organization when they're sitting around the water cooler, uh, since we're now doing some more of that than we did pre-pandemic or during the pandemic. That's the sort of, uh, that that's the essence of culture. How, how do we think about this problem in this place? And how do we navigate this challenge? Uh, who do I talk to, um, et cetera? That, that, that's what culture is. So in the article, you discuss something a little disturbing, um, that only 30% of employees are fully engaged, 50% are not engaged, and 20% are actually actively disengaged. So engagement is obviously pretty important in creating good organizational culture. So what can leaders do to promote engagement? Are there specific leadership characteristics to focus on? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, it comes to the idea that that high performance really occurs when leaders release discretionary effort in the organization. That means that people will do the right thing when no one is watching. People that are aligned in the mission uh, and uh, are are focused on the organization's goals. Uh, At the end of the day, people feel engaged when three things occur. When they belong, they matter and they make a difference. And so leaders need to create cultures in which people feel like they belong, matter, and make a difference. Uh, This is very much tied into the whole focus currently on diversity, equity, and inclusion as well. These issues overlap very much. But but when when leaders can create those climates and when people uh, release discretionary effort, then organizations perform well and people are engaged. And so it's a full cycle. Culture drives engagement. Engagement drives performance. And leadership is around driving high performance. I think that's that's the, the response. Now, just taking it one step slightly deeper, uh, high performance and releasing discretionary effort, as we've discussed before, and as you mentioned in your kind introduction, comes from, in my view, creating cultures that are anchored in the seven classic virtues, trust, compassion, hope, justice, wisdom, temperance, courage, that when leaders are intentional about the culture and create cultures that are anchored in those principles and that have a common vocabulary, a common language about those things, that's when culture really gets deeply entrenched. So I'll stop there. So you just discussed some of the leadership skills or traits that can help lead to a stronger organizational culture, but what are some of the common things done wrong that can hinder it? Well, culture is like a garden. That is to say, it will grow whether you tend to it or not. And uh, as you know, and as our listeners that are gardeners all know, if you don't tend to it, you'll have a weed-laden garden. In contrast, if you aspire to having a beautiful English garden, then it requires attention and intentionality. And and the notion here is that leaders can frame cultures by engaging employees in, in, in crafting shared values by being intentional about the culture. Uh, and so um, I, I bring this idea of credos up. Uh, there's a well-known instance of Johnson & Johnson, Johnson & Johnson the company that's been you know, recently involved, obviously, in, in, in various vaccines and so on, that everyone knows is a classic 
story in 1985, I believe it was, when Tylenol on the shelves was tainted by cyanide and individuals in Chicago were killed. Uh, the, the then CEO of Johnson & Johnson reverted to an organizational credo, which is available online for readers, that says, you know, essentially patients first or customers first, safety above all else. And the response to that credo, which was a, a framing of their culture, resulted in taking every bottle of Tylenol off the shelf, which cost a fortune to the company. But that culture of alignment with values and and authenticity uh, resulted in resilience such that Johnson and Johnson now 40 almost 40 years later is still a going concern still uh, still in business and that's a reflection of the fact that they had discipline and intentionality and authenticity about the culture and so uh, the whole point of this is that being intentional about the culture uh, is a very important driver of high performance. I'll stop there. So then what steps would you advise someone in a new leadership position who wants to be intentional about this? What steps should they take to help establish this strong organizational culture? Well, I think they can model organizations that have strong cultures. Uh, they can uh, study the concept of culture. This was the attempt in that paper and chest to at least uh, surface those issues a little more than, than most lung doctors are used to thinking about, at least in my experience. Uh, and then uh, with that as a background, being intentional about creating the culture, um, using a common language, uh, developing a credo for the organization that is, that, is, um, uh, that is jointly written and developed by everyone in the organization. These are strategies that one can use to harvest the group's wisdom and to get alignment in common values, which, again, can be drivers of high performance. So on the other hand, let's say you have someone who's been in a leadership role for a while, but the organizational culture is really not flourishing. What steps would you recommend that they take at that point? Well, at the end of the day... I'm a strong believer in, 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 in the wisdom of the group. And I think that when organizations or teams uh, fail in their performance, it happens to all of us in all organizations. I think that one essentially does an after action review. One turns to the group and puts the common goal of achieving high performance on the table and solicits everyone's voice uh, as possible to try to understand why things went off the rails, what can we collectively do to right the ship and get back on track, and then use that as a learning opportunity. It's not unlike root cause analyses in response to serious safety events, a part of everyone's vocabulary these days. When there are serious safety events, groups come together, uh, try to unpack where we went awry, and then come up with an action plan uh, and commitments so that in a perfect world, these things will not happen again. And I think the same thing applies around any dimension of performance. It doesn't have to be a serious safety event, although that may be one of the manifestations of a flagging culture. Uh, but I think the voice, the voice of, the, uh, of the organization is important in writing the ship. So 
what would you say are the next steps for research in organizational culture, specifically in healthcare? Well, I think there are some shining lights uh, and attention to this issue in the research arena, Dr. Winter. I think that the work, for example, of Amy Edmondson, who's a professor at Harvard Business School, and her her really seminal work on psychological safety uh, as an underpinning of of high performing teams is critical. I'm also uh, a fan of the work of of Dr. Jody Gattel. She's a professor at at MIT Sloan and was at Brandeis. She's framed this idea of what she calls relational coordination. That's the idea that when we actually know one another as people and we have respect for one another as people, that when we leverage those personal relationships, we we get stronger performance. She's shown this uh, in uh, in non-healthcare. Her original work was at Southwest Airlines. And then she extrapolated that work to surgical performance in nine hospitals and has published this both in in papers as well as a book that she's written. Um, I think that these are these are little kernels of specific attention to the impact of culture in healthcare. Having said that, I think that there's plenty more room uh, to to study uh, the opportunity to enhance culture and enhance performance in healthcare specifically. Uh, there's, a, there's also research outside of healthcare uh, in this arena, but healthcare it, not uncommonly is a little bit behind, behind the curve in issues of leadership development and culture development. So I think that's where the opportunity lies. And if any of our listeners are intrigued by this talk and are looking to further develop their organizational cultural building skills, do you have any specific books that you'd recommend? Well, I, I love the, the seminal work of, I mentioned before, Edgar Schein, uh, who's written uh, many regard to be the Bible of organizational culture. The book is called Organizational Culture and Leadership. Uh, and then an, another book not framed on healthcare specifically, but by John Cotter and James Heskett, entitled Corporate Culture and Performance, which really makes the case for what I've been discussing, the relationship between culture and high performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I'd be biased uh, and simply say that our own work in this space, uh, the, our book, uh, Better Humans, Better Performance, tries also to articulate the relationship between cultures that are anchored in the seven classic virtues and the performance implications thereof. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd start with that. Um, there's also a website that we've prepared that's that's widely available uh, it's uh, www.excel, E-X-C-E-L, with arete, A-R-E-T-E dot com. And that's a website that really frames the concepts that we articulate in the book that I've just cited. So those are all resources available to the reader to develop his or her um, knowledge of culture and its implications. I'll stop there. Excellent. So as we finish up this podcast, can you give our listeners a closing thought on what you want them to take away from this discussion on organizational culture development? Well, thanks again for the opportunity, number one. Uh, I would summarize our discussion uh, with a couple of simple points. Number one, culture is absolutely critical to high performance. Remember Drucker's quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Number two, Uh, Leaders should be intentional about the culture they want to create, and there are examples of how to do that uh, in order to release 
discretionary effort in the organization, which is the source of high performance. Uh, that's what I would summarize. Well, a big thank you to Dr. Stoller for sharing your time and your expertise with us today, and a big thank you to our chess community for joining us as always. And as part of our chess community, I want to remind you that you belong, you matter, and you are making a difference. So thank you for being a part of chess and helping shape our organizational culture. I'm Gretchen Winter, and this is a chess podcast. Until next time.